welcome to Create, Share, Engage. This is the podcast on portfolios for learning and more for educators, learning designers, and managers keen on integrating portfolios in their education and professional development practices. Create, Share, Engage is brought to you by the Mahara team at Catalyst IT. My name is Christina Höppner, and I'm delighted to talk with Lisa Donaldson today. Until recently, Lisa worked at Dublin City University in Ireland in the Teaching Enhancement Unit. There she was responsible for Loop Reflect, DCU's e-portfolio platform based on Mahara. In our conversation, Lisa shares how everything started at DCU and what some of the important steps were that the university took to grow its portfolio initiative. Lisa, thank you so much for taking the time to speak with me today. Can you please tell us a little bit about yourself? Good morning, Christina. I'm delighted to be here. It's lovely to chat to you today. Yes, so I'm a learning technologist by trade. I am a senior fellow of the Higher Education Academy. I'm currently living in Dublin, Ireland, in sunny Malahide, well, it's sunny today by the coast with my two kids and my needy rescue dog. And as you said, uh, yeah, I have spent the last nine years with Dublin City University. Originally, I was there in the School of Nursing working on blended learning projects. And after that, I moved to the Teaching Enhancement Unit, which is a centralized teaching and learning unit with an absolutely amazing team there. So I was responsible for many projects, one of which, and my biggest role, in fact, my primary role was that for leading and implementing e-portfolio across all faculties in DCU. Since then, since the 1st of June, I've actually moved role. I'm with the Irish College of General Practitioners, which is a postgraduate body for the training of GPs, and I'm the academic program manager there now. So my brief there is the design of blended learning resources and also, not surprisingly, the development of an e-portfolio platform to document the GP training life cycle. So I've been pretty well immersed in e-portfolio over the last couple of years. Yes, definitely sounds like it. And well, and I would think more than the last couple of years, because if I remember correctly, you were quite instrumental in starting the portfolio platform Loop Reflect at DCU. Can you tell us a little bit about um, those early days and why you actually went with portfolios for your students? Yeah, I suppose my history of ePortfolio does go back a little bit further and actually back as far as my master's degree, which was a, a wonderful program which involves ePortfolio-based assessment. I really enjoyed working with ePortfolios back then. And what I found subsequent to finishing the master's is that years afterwards, I kept going back to my ePortfolio because I knew there was valuable information in there that I always seemed to need. So I found myself continually going back to my ePortfolio well to pull out that material. So I suppose I became a devotee for ePortfolio-based assessment based on that. And when, as part of the DCU strategic plan 2012-2017, if I get that, those years right, it called for ePortfolio to support graduate attributes for DCU students. So when the opportunity came up to work on the project, I, uh, I put my hand in the air and Mark Lynn, my wonderful boss in DCU, was, to, was happy to have me work on lead on that. So right back in the very early days, it was, I suppose, 2016, and we were briefed with introducing an e-portfolio platform, ostensibly to support graduate attributes, but really it was broader than that. It was for e-portfolio-based assessment. And as it turned out, ultimately, you know, e-portfolio has now been used for um, so many different aspects and extracurricular activities as well across DCU and across all faculties there. But it wasn't all 
plain sailing, that's for sure. There was a couple of failed attempts at trying to introduce ePortfolio before we did introduce, as you say, Loop Reflect, which is based on the Mahara platform. That was done, I suppose, quite well in that we did start with a pilot project. Now, our pilot project would probably make a lot of people's hair turn grey because our pilot project, because of really in great engagement on behalf of the teachers, that some of which we, we asked to participate and others had heard word of mouth about ePortfolio coming in and could they engage with it. Our pilot project had nearly 6,000 portfolio users, so it was a rather big pilot and it became much bigger than we expected and that was purely as I say because of engagement and word of mouth and it worked well particularly across our you won't be surprised to hear our our teaching uh, degrees so it was meant to be just for first year Bachelor of Education students but it went so well within a number of weeks that it was broadened out to all our teaching program. There was a lot of engagement and a lot of really good feedback on the back of that. So you, you said your pilot started with 6,000 students or within a few weeks with 6,000. How many students does DCU have? A number of different Irish universities merged into Dublin City University, St. Patrick's campus and others who were mainly involved in teacher education. So we became much larger over time, in fact, over a very short amount of time. So approximately 16,000 uh, students we have. I'd actually just like to circle back briefly to your own portfolio because you said you used it in your master's for assessment purposes. Can you tell us a little bit about your personal practice then? Did you use templates or how did you go about creating your portfolios and learning kind of what it was all about? You're not going to like the answer to this, Christina. <laughs> I'll tell you that now. It was a, an award-winning master's program in e-learning, and it was an absolutely super program. And 15 credits were devoted for ePortfolio. So th this was very, very new. And I loved the concept. I'm a bit of a doer. I much preferred that way of learning. And the concept of ePortfolio was introduced to us. It was suggested and we received training on Mahara to use as the platform. And I'm sorry to say, Christina, that back in the day, I chose not to go the Mahara route. And instead, because I, I, I like to tinker with things, I actually went with WordPress actually as the platform. So that's, that's the tool. And I add in the caveat now for everybody listening that Mahara is a wonderful tool now. Eight years ago, it was a little less flexible, I think is probably the best way to put it, a little less flexible than it is now. So what I found was that I was really engaged with the learning. And as part of that, I really wanted to document what I was doing. I wanted to learn more. And what I found was every day after we had a class session, I would dash home and, and almost as a learning diary, write up everything that we had done. And all our assessments were to be placed into the portfolio as well. And I found I just, I went beyond the requirements of the 
assessment itself just purely because I enjoyed the process of capturing what I was doing. I enjoyed the ability to use multimedia. I enjoyed doing video-based reflections as well as text-based reflections and, you know, collating all my links and, you know, uploading all my assessments. And I just found it a wonderful way to centralize everything that I was doing over the the two-year program. What kept us engaged which I think was very useful for the the whole class, was that there were regular work in progress sessions. So even those that weren't perhaps, you know, as engaged, they had targets that, you know, they needed to show and share their e-portfolio. And it was a wonderful way of sharing, you know, your thesis as as it was progressing and and basically your your overall progress with the degree. So I really enjoyed the program. I really enjoyed the process of using e-portfolio. And I suppose that would be part of the reason why I was so inclined to get involved with the e-portfolio project in DCU. So from your own experience from the portfolio to the DCU initiative, how did you get everybody excited and involved so quickly? What is your success recipe there that you can share? I wish it was a simple recipe. I have to be honest in that it was very much trial and error and very much leaning on the community. So whilst I would have been an ePortfolio user, I certainly had no experience of implementing ePortfolio in an institutional capacity. And I also wasn't very familiar with Mahara as well. So what I did was I, I leaned on people. I worked with people and I collaborated with people that knew more than I did. And I highly recommend that because what I found was with the Mahara community, it's very open, very welcoming and very given to sharing. So at the outset of the project, I reached out via the community site and the forums on Mahara. And I just reached out to institutions that I knew were using Mahara that perhaps could give me some advice. And I got some wonderful help. I got offers of resources, handbooks, you know, ideas about how it was structured on other places. So I was armed then with a lot of really, really good information. And I suppose collaboration was was key then throughout the entire project because I worked very closely with our pilot users to ensure that they had everything that they needed to be able to work with me and design e-portfolio templates, that their students were supported. And we did a lot of hand-holding and sessions with students to make sure that they were comfortable, not just with the platform, but with, you know, folio thinking really as regards, you know, what e-portfolio is about and the benefits of using e-portfolio over and above other forms of assessment and how it enabled them to, I suppose, show a more holistic view of their learning. So I work very closely across DCU. So we did get good engagement in that way. But I think what really helped, certainly from the DCU perspective, is that there was a dedicated champion. Certainly, I've said that when I've been talking about our implementation. And we were lucky. We were lucky in that I was a point. I'm not saying that it's down to me or anything, but it was just because there was a champion. So that really, really helped. You know, working with the faculty, then working with the students, because what I did was with the numbers that you saw you know, 5,000, 6,000 users for pilot. We were over 10,000 users by year one when we formally launched. So to support and make sure that the students had a good user experience and were supported in everything that they were doing with the portfolio, I couldn't do that single-handedly. 
So I engaged with students. And again, this was good advice that I got through the portfolio forums from other Mahara institutions back at the beginning. And I engaged with students and they became interns and they worked in a voluntary capacity to help me to support other students. And, and they often work with lecturers as well. So they were absolutely wonderful. So we had a number of interns every year and absolutely could not have been done without them. And beyond just the support and the promotion of ePortfolio, they really had some good ideas about what we could do and changes even in wording of, you know, our customized dashboard. So they were absolutely phenomenal. So a dedicated champion, use the e-turns. And, you know, when you engage with faculty, what I actually did then was broaden that engagement beyond the walls of DCU and knowing that we were really at the very beginning of an e-portfolio journey and none of us were experts at that point. It does take a village. I firmly believe it takes a village. So we reached out to other institutions across Ireland to see who else was interested in ePortfolio, who was engaging with ePortfolio and to see how we could learn and work with one another. And that then formed our Mahara users group initially and became ePortfolio Ireland then within a year or two once we rebranded so that anybody who had an interest in ePortfolio, we were all working towards the same ends. So we all came together and had some wonderful events. I think collaboration would be key, whether it's with faculty, with students and, you know, within and beyond the institution. Speaking of your e-turns, how did you recruit them? You mentioned that they work on a voluntary basis. What did they get out of the entire experience? That's a really good question. Yeah, how we recruited them first off was one of the other things that I learned from others in the space was the benefits of student showcase, annual student showcase competition. Because in the, that way, students got to get some benefit in themselves. It's some of the, the limelight to showcase the amazing work that they had done and to win prizes and, you know, share practice. So we instigated an annual student showcase competition, which still goes on and is, is wonderful. We get lots of fantastic e-portfolios that come in. So actually what I did was I contacted everybody who had submitted a student showcase e-portfolio because obviously they had enjoyed the e-portfolio process. They were engaged with the e-portfolio process. And I just hoped that they might, you know, enjoy what they were doing enough to become an e-turn and work with me. What we found was the e-turns were actually really eager to get engaged, even though it was a voluntary role, because they did gain in technical skills in getting closer to the platform and any of the other tools that were used in conjunction with the platform. They gained in communication skills and working with others. And a lot of our interns were trainee teachers. So working with and training others would have been really, really useful. I was also a great source of a reference then when the students needed it because they had this work experience. And it could be used in conjunction with a module that we had, an extra credit module, so they could use their work as part of the eTurn ePortfolio project as credit towards that module. There was always a thank you at the end of the year as well, but still, it was definitely more a voluntary role than anything else. How many eTurns did you usually have per academic year, Lisa? Generally two or three. The first year, I think we had four, but generally it rounded out at two or three. Last year for the ABLE conference in 2021, we interviewed two of those eterns. So I'll definitely make sure to also link to those interviews so that our listeners can hear directly from them about their ePortfolio experience. 
You've been involved in ePortfolio Ireland quite extensively and also the ABLE community, the equivalent essentially um, in North America. Have you observed any recent trends in the use of portfolios in Ireland or also internationally? Yeah, I suppose if there is a trend to be seen, it's that, that progression from being very much beginner practitioners, certainly across Ireland, to the start of actually documenting and researching what is happening in the different institutions with ePortfolio because there was a dearth of literature around ePortfolio practice in Ireland. We were very much only in the beginning stages when, you know, I founded ePortfolio Ireland back in 2017 or so, whereas now with an amazing steering group on board and, you know, engagement across so many institutions in Ireland, that collaborative development of the literature now, which can kind of, you know, give a much better picture of where we are as a country with ePortfolio. And I suppose just to highlight specifically the special issue, the ePortfolio special issue from the Irish Journal of Technology Enhanced Learning, that particularly Orna Farrell, I have to give amazing credit to Orna Farrell and uh, Tom Farrelly and of course Karen and, and others. That was really, uh, I suppose, groundbreaking in that it did capture two issues, really. You know, there was so many different articles on different aspects of ePortfolio practice and the breadth of use of ePortfolio was fascinating to see. So even in the space of three to four years, the community has gone from very much beginning the practice of ePortfolio to the growth and spread of it to becoming much more central to teaching, learning and beyond. So that's been really, really interesting to watch. When we talked over the last two years, you also mentioned that the uptake of portfolios at DCU increased because of the, the difficulties of running regular assessments. Do you think the ePortfolio will continue to have a big place in the assessment space in the Irish landscape? Or do you see another type of portfolio kind of taking more center stage? To be honest, I think it's going to continue to grow. I mean, I've said before that I think the pandemic was the catalyst for the huge growth, certainly that we saw in DCU. I mean, we would have had maybe 30 different programs or modules using ePortfolio before the pandemic and, you know, increased to 110. So, I mean, the, the growth was about as quickly as COVID was growing, to be honest. But I think as everyone was scrambling for, you know, alternative assessment practices, I think ePortfolio presented the most authentic, the most holistic way of demonstrating learning, you know, at a distance, in my opinion. It's always been far superior than an exam-based assessment anyway, but I think it demonstrated to more and more people the benefits of using ePortfolio-based assessments. So I think there is some benefits to that, to the enforced move to online learning and, and alternative assessments, because I think ePortfolio will stand that test of time. Now that we are getting towards the end of today's session, I'd like to ask you three questions for a quick answer round. Which verbs, and they are kind of up to three verbs, do you use to describe portfolio work? 
Interesting. Well, actually, I may go an adjective rather than a verb. <laughs> and I've actually used the word already. And I think holistic. I think that's one of the most important facets of ePortfolio. It's holistic and gives a true sense of the person and true sense of the knowledge and the skills of that person. And I suppose the other word I would use there is, for me, I think it's exciting. I think as a medium for assessment, I think it's exciting because it allows for creativity. It provides a showcase and a platform for the student to represent their true selves. It contributes to their digital skills. All of these things are exciting. What tip do you have for learning designers or instructors who create portfolio activities? Be brave. Be brave. Take the opportunities that ePortfolio can offer and completely reimagine assessment and reimagine the assessment practice because ePortfolio can support so many different activities and different artifacts and perhaps even just keep an eye to employability. And if you are designing assessments, wouldn't it be wonderful if you could enable and support students to develop something that they could share with prospective employers to demonstrate all of their learning from their degree in years to come and give them a, a step up ahead of, you know, other students. So I think be brave when it comes to the assessment redesign. Since we have a tip for the learning designers and educators, let's also see if you have some advice for people creating portfolios, be that students or professionals? Keep at it. I think keep at it would be my overriding advice because I certainly let my e-portfolio go after my master's and didn't continue and had to go back and start all over again. There is such a wealth of learning We are lifelong learners these days. And I think just keep going, keep the portfolio as that learning journey as you progress through your academic studies and your academic career, because I think it is going to be a resource that will always be of benefit. Thank you so much for giving us a glimpse into your work today, Lisa. It's been amazing to see what you and many others at Dublin City University have done so far to establish portfolios among students and staff. Thank you, Christina. It was wonderful to chat to you again. Now over to our listeners. What do you want to try in your portfolio practice? This was Create, Share, Engage with Lisa Donaldson today. Thank you for listening. On our website, podcast.maha.org, you can find links to resources that Lisa shared and the transcript for this episode. This podcast is produced by Catalyst IT, and I'm your host, Christina Höppner, project lead and product manager of the ePortfolio platform Mahada. Our next episode will air in two weeks. I hope you listen again and tell a colleague about our podcast so they can subscribe. Until then, create, share and engage.